हेलो दिसनर टुडे आवर गेस्ट इज डॉक्टर उत्तम प्रसाद ही इज वन ऑफ द मोस्ट पॉपुलर डॉक्टर इन पिरमोट सिडनी वाटर फ्रंट एरिया लेट अस से हेलो टू हिम एंड टॉक टू हिम गुड इवनिंग डॉक्टर प्रसाद गुड इवनिंग डॉक्टर प्रसाद द मोस्ट वी ऑल आर इंटरेस्टेड नोइंग इज व्हाट इज योर इनहेरेंट क्वालिटी दैट मेक्स यू सो पॉपुलर आर यू अवेयर ऑफ इट I'm not aware of it but I try to help each individual person and allow people the time to you know tell me their problems or at least uh, tell me their issues Thank you doctor Becoming a doctor is a very hard and studious task so what prompted you that you want to become a doctor I had a significant influence from my parents. My father also was a GP. My mother was very keen that I would become a doctor as well. And I just fell into it. I didn't really know what else I was going to do. And I was able to get the marks and start medicine and continue and complete it. So at this point in my life I feel that I am doing what I'm intended to do. and uh yeah i don't think i could have done much else thank you doctor would you please tell us about your parents something because you just mentioned your parents like where where are they from what were their professions how much they studied were you born in australia or when did you come to australia etc please my parents were both from india uh, my father uh was a doctor as well in india prior to moving to australia uh, he was an ent surgeon in india uh, but after moving to australia he did his general practice exams he didn't uh, have time to do his ent exams again with a young family so he he worked in general practice for 40 years um and uh, mum was an architect by education but she never actually worked as an architect Uh, she designed our own home when we in our f- the first home that was built in Australia for the family but other than that she didn't uh, do any other architectural work so your mom did work only thing it is not work for somebody else she worked for only you for us, only for us <laughs> even professionally that's right yes yeah. so do you still have that house with you no family home is in a country town so we've moved out of the country town long back yeah uh, that brings the Where did you study? I studied my full education in South Australia. Um primary school was in a country town. Went to boarding school for high school and uh, medical school was in Adelaide as well. Oh. So what made you leave Adelaide and family house and come to different place? I got married but my wife is a Sydney girl. So when I at the time of marriage I was working in a smaller country town. in in general practice which is a big change for her and an opportunity came for me to uh cover a doctor who was going to be away on holiday in Sydney so as she was also looking for work and completing her studies um we moved to Sydney and just continued to stay here yes thank you doctor so did your parents kept on living uh, in the country area or they also moved to Sydney They never moved to Sydney, but they moved to Adelaide where my sisters 
for living. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took a while, but they did move out of the country town once all the kids were gone, and it was coming m- much more difficult for them to commute to both Adelaide and to come to Sydney. Mm-hmm. So when did they start to live with you? Um, we never got to live together. Um, unfortunately, Mum passed away well before any suggestion of them moving to Sydney. Uh, and then Dad was due to move to Sydney to stay with us, but uh, unfortunately he passed away just before that. Oh, happened. little sad news. So, how long have you been living in Sydney now? Now we're coming up on, it'll be 19 years next year. Uh, in February of next year, it'll be, have been 19 years that we've stayed in Sydney. So, does it relate to, say, why to, uh, that uh, September 11th event? Did you move to Sydney before or after? After that, so beginning of 2001. Um, that's when I had finished my time, I had completed my exams, I was a fully qualified GP, so I had the ability to move wherever I liked. And just so happened we were just married in year 2000. Wife had still some things to finish her degree in Sydney. So that opportunity came up to work here and took yeah. it. So just for a landmark point of view, uh, did you move to Sydney after September 11 event or before? After, uh, actually no, September 11 was uh, in September 2001. We were here in February of 2001. Dr. Prasad, tell us, uh, did you just practice at one location in Sydney or have you uh, moved to a few locations? I've worked in a few different places, not necessarily moving to them, but uh, initially working in a couple of locations just because there wasn't enough work in just one practice. But uh, since 2003, I have worked in just the one practice, this one in Piemont. So, what is the name of your practice, sir? Star City Medical Center. And uh, is it centrally located? Well, Piemont is immediately next to the city, to the main CBD, so it is very easy to get here. Uh, a good good spot, close, very close to the city, good views from the streets, a little bit of a hub of activity at times. And how about uh, public transport center? Uh, is it well located? Oh, We are well served for public transport. We have buses. Um, this, the changes in the CBD mean the buses aren't quite as good going into the city. But we've also served by the tram system, which uh, is on, uh, in fact right beneath our practice. So very convenient for people to get from Central Station. Um, and it's very close to walk. It's a very short walk to the CBD. So a lot of the people living in Piemont are working this in the city and just walk across. Dr. Prasad, tell me, because I heard that there are so many types of doctors like general practitioner, family practitioners and or just a consultant. So what sort of doctor are you currently and did you have to study after becoming doctor to for registration purposes or things like that? Yes, uh, I'm a general practitioner uh, that involves additional training following the undergraduate degree. Then you have an internship in the hospital a couple of years working again in the hospital doing various trainings and then another three years um, pre- working in general practice and um, learning the ropes, getting used to the general practice before you sit your exams to qualify as a general practitioner. 
So I've been working now for the past 19 years in, as a fully qualified general practitioner. Doctor, for my sake and for listeners' sake, uh, could you please explain to us what is the difference between internship and fully qualified general practitioner? Internship is the, your first time working in medicine in the hospital after completing your degree. So you are supervised. It's a supervised position. Essentially, you're doing a lot of paperwork um, and running around for the, uh, the senior doctors. Um, but once you are fully qualified in your profession, whether it be specialty or in general practice, you are free to work wherever you would like to try and work. Uh, you don't have a restriction on where you can work. So does it mean now you are qualified to train somebody as intern under your uh, tutelage? In general practice, we don't have interns, um, but there are trainee general practitioners who may work in your practice and be somewhat trained by you or guided by you. Yeah. So uh, in last 19 years, did you have a chance to train somebody? I'm not much of a teacher, so I haven't trained anyone yet. Okay. Or like, how do those trainee doctors choose that where they want to get trained? Uh, well, you require the doctors to nominate themselves to offer that service. And uh, then they are either allocated to a, a trainee or a trainee may approach and, uh, uh, and ask to be uh, working at that or at your practice. So that means uh, a trainee doctor can choose a private doctor's practice to be trained in? If that doctor is linked in with the university or the training program. Oh, so, so the doctor has to be linked with the university and training program? Yes. yes. Okay. Thank you. That was the news for me. Yeah. And my audience will also appreciate knowing that thing. Okay. So how many hours per week do you work normally, sir? It's around about 40 hours a week. So what is the longest uh, week and what is the shortest week you have worked? Well, the shortest week is where I'm not working on a Saturday or, or of course, there are public holidays in between. But usually the it's a four-day week at a minimum and a five-day week at the maximum. Okay. On occasions, there have been a few six-day weeks, mm -hmm. but I try not to have those. A doctor's life seems very busy, even during study and after that. So did you have a chance to pursue some other hobbies or interests? Time is there if you can make the time. Um, it can be busy, certainly. But if you are good enough, you will create some time for other interests. Um, during my training years, I was involved with the, the practice volleyball team, um, occasionally played golf. Still very occasionally play golf, um, but now time is shared between work and, of course, family. So there doesn't leave too much other spare time. Were you captain or something, of, or, or some leader in your sports group? No, no, never one of those. Just, uh, just follow the rules and uh, enjoy the time, yeah. relaxed. So you said you played volleyball, is it? Correct. Is it because you are tall? Well, there were only a few people to choose from, so I got the position easily. But yes, being tall helps you play it a little bit easier. Yes. Thank you, Doctor. And what about golf? How much is your 
expert as in goal? Not very expert at all. I hit the ball and then I spend most of my time searching for it. So do they call some handicap or something? Yes, I'm not good enough to have a handicap yet. Um, okay. My handicap is teeing off and the short game and some of the putting. Oh, okay. But yes, unfortunately most of the time is spent trying to hunt the ball down somewhere. Yes. So how often do you get an opportunity with this busy work schedule to play golf? With work and family life, it, you know, if I play golf once a year, I'm happy. Once a year? I was thinking maybe once a month or once a fortnight. No, unfortunately the time doesn't permit that. I'm not a good enough golfer to be able to zip in and zip out quickly. Okay. And uh, so I only play if I can rustle up someone else to play with. Yeah, maybe you can have a, like a whole day of uh, outing with some friends or family. Yeah, finding convenient time, finding yeah. time that everyone's free. And yeah. Golf is quite time consuming. Yes, exactly. If, uh, if you want to go out and play a full 18 holes, it yeah. can take four or five hours easily. Exactly. In fact, so sometimes we can say whole day practically. The whole day and then you're exhausted as well. Exactly. So it's not easy to find others as well at the same time. Anybody else in your immediate family play golf, like wife or children? Neither the kids nor the wife. Uh, brother-in-law has played on occasions, but uh, no one else yet. So have you got any plans to teach them to take interest in? Well, hopefully the eldest may someday take it up, but uh, I don't see him walking outside and across a golf course for four hours. So who is the eldest and how old, he or she? Uh, he He's uh, almost 16 now. Um, so he's quite tall like myself, he's, just, he's a little bit taller than me. But uh, he hasn't had any interest in much sports, he's played a bit of cricket. Yeah. But now he's more interested in the computer sports. Yeah. And uh, what year is he in 16 means? He's completing his 10th okay. this year, so he's starting 11 next year. Yes. So doctor, I was quite curious, you have almost 20 years of medicine practice. So what are the most memorable events during those 20 years? Professionally, I mean. Of course, um, I don't keep favorite events or nothing. There's no event, one event that really sticks in the mind. There's so many things that you take pleasure out of. Um, you know, pleasure out of seeing all the new babies and handling the new babies. It's always nice to see that, that new life. And uh, if you were present at a delivery, which, you know, in working in general practice in a country town, you would often uh, be assisting at a delivery or you'd see the babies very soon afterwards. That is that is a special moment for a whole family to experience and uh, being a, a doctor around at the same time is a very pre pleasurable thing. Um, to accompany those, of course, bringing new life in, you also see the other end, you see people passing away as well. And that's the hardest to deal with, with people with uh, diseases or injuries that cause them to pass away. Fortunately, haven't had to deal with a lot of the traumas, but certainly cancers and age-related demise, and it's, it's never easy. Um, it's never easy if they're well-known to you, if they're not well-known to you. Uh, that's probably the hardest part of medicine is the feeling that, okay, what could I have done, anything different, anything more. So like at this stage, out of 20 years, like are there any events like which have somehow knowingly or unknowingly stuck in your memory or mind? Nothing really. Um, as I said, there's so many events that occur 
and um, I just you can't you got to keep moving on to the next task and next person so you don't take too much time to to savor what is the good things and you don't spend too much time to recall the negative things were you uh, with your wife as a husband during your children's birth or were you also an active doctor i was present but not in an active doctor way observing and uh, holding hands reassuring um but there to receive the baby once the baby was born yes it's a wonderful experience isn't it it is it's different yes. very different and when especially it's when it's our own yeah, yes it's a, it is a different experience yes you the wonder of the baby but knowing that it's your child yes and that you'll be taking a child home yeah you know, really adds a, a huge dimension to it so doctor you are living in a piedmont which is quite a multicultural area so i'm quite curious what sort of composition of your patient is like what nationality what culture they are from still the majority would be of a caucasian background uh, aussies english there's a a large migrant population here which does include europe england india china uh, a lot of large number of new zealanders as well in the area so we see a quite a variety of people so have there been a need for interpreter or translators on occasions yes um interpreters can be useful in dealing predominantly it's with chinese origin persons uh, especially family members who are joining their uh, usually children here they may not always have a great uh, knowledge of english although their children are there to help interpret as well yep. thank you doctor for sharing that with us so doctors with such a busy schedule how do you keep up with the current world situation and world affairs and what is your take of it well i keep up with basics in the news snippets of information i think a lot more local news uh and sports news are my priorities uh, so i don't read deeply into the overseas uh, matters um very superficial acknowledgement of it so let us say what is happening currently in in sydney and australia as per you your knowledge sydney and australia i think the the main topic of discussion in the news is still goes on to be the bushfires in the north of the state in queensland as well and the smoke and dust that are settling in the sydney area uh and the drought conditions and the water issues and the farming issues uh in the majority of the state and do you get chance to keep up with the international events somewhat but i try to prioritize the sports first and then think anything else after that so let us say uh, tell us what you know about the current international world situation international world situation at the moment i'm not really familiar with most of the events occurring um haven't really been paying much attention in the news to any things that are going on outside of australia do you know that michael brumberg that ex mayor of uh, uh new york was it uh, when the september 11 happened he is entering the arena of a presidency in usa 
And uh, I had yeah. heard that, but yes, that yeah. was quite a while actually. I was during yeah. middle of the year, I think. I'd, yes, I heard that uh, being said, but I hadn't been paying attention to it. Now he has officially entered. I think day before yesterday or something like that. And any chance you know that the Prime Minister of India, Mr. Narendra Modi, has been awarded award by United Nations as the best Prime Minister of Earth. Earth. I had not heard that before, and that sounds quite uh, amusing. Um, I'm not sure what criteria they choose to to name someone the best on earth with. Uh, it would be interesting to know how they come up with such a claim. But it is quite unusual. I know he's, like most politicians, um, there are people who very much like him, and there are some who very much dislike him. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to know how one person could be labelled as the best. Among the current one. So any chance you know about uh, Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel? I have heard about him and then I've seen a, high, a glimpse of him in the current news. But I can't recall what it is about. Um, some sort of uh, um, controversy and uh, scandal that he's involved with. I cannot remember the details. Okay, now Christmas is round the corner, say about four weeks. So do you take interest in your communities, like professional location or residential location? How much do you get involved in the local community activities? Um, well, for the practice location, they have just had a Christmas event on the weekend. Um, no, I didn't come back to the city to attend it. And in our residential community area, I think they have some carols at times, but uh, we tend to spend most of the time just in the family, and kids are kids, so Christmas is all about their presents. So that's, that's, and Christmas is just a, a time for a bit of a break from everything, for an extended break. Yep. So doctor, you have been pretty successful, have a happy family life, you have taken care of parents as best as you can. So now, what is your next plan or desire for next 10, 20, 30 years? Like what would you like to achieve in the rest of your life? Anything particular you want to do for yourself? Things like that. Would you mind to share it with us? Sure. I'm keen to see other parts of the world um, and in, including uh, much more of Australia as well. So travel is certainly one of the key things. With kids still at school, seeing them through their schooling and, uh, and completing their education is important. But I would like to be able to take the kids to other locations and let them see other parts of the world as well. While they're still kids, while they're still able to enjoy things at their their level. Um, and then, then they choose to go and uh, travel to later in their life to see different things or see the world in a different way. Um, and essentially that's my main aim is to be able to work still for a bit longer to facilitate some travel uh, with the family. Um, other than that I'm not overly ambitious. Um, just maintaining the way I work, focusing, you know, putting the patient 
first in the consultation, uh, trying to achieve the best outcome, trying to educate people as well about medical conditions, about their own health and looking after themselves. Those are my ideals, so nothing too uh, high and mighty or anything. I don't have any political ambitions or don't have ambitions to be uh, a leader of any group in particular. Just I'd rather spread my influence over a number of people, but close, close by, not too far afield. I'm sure you remember uh, Dr. Ved Bhushan Khurana. Correct. He wanted to have a silver Rolls Royce. He used to say about that. So do you have something like that in, in your mind? Uh, everyone has something that they'd like, uh, a nice big house, uh, fancy cars. They're all things that would be, ni- would be nice to have. But other things have to have priority first. So um, if that can be afforded in one stage, you know, a sports car, fancy sports car might be good but I'm not that yeah I, I can drive I can hire one to drive one day so but I'd rather don't necessarily have to own one so have you hired uh, it or have you sat in somebody's uh, sport car like uh, what do the Lamborghini or what they call some such names the, the Ferraris and Lamborghinis I never sat in, in one that was actually going to be driven um, so I've seen them from afar I think they're very low <laughs> getting in and out is a bit difficult I'm a bit more practically minded, so they're nice cars to have if, if you've got many other cars that do the practical work before them. Shall I s- tell you some strange thing? About a month ago, in the morning, Saturday morning, I was walking through the North Sydney street. A fellow with a red Ferrari happened to just cross me, and we just chatted, and he gave me 10 minute ride in his Ferrari. <laughs> You were very lucky, very lucky. That's a nice guy. Yeah, and I had a video of all those things. But I still don't know his name. <laughs> Not a number plate of the car. That's okay. You enjoyed experience. Yes. And you've, you've had a, one of those experiences that may be a once in a lifetime chance. Yeah, exactly. I have seen those Ferrari only on TV. <laughs> oh, we see a lot of them on the roads. But yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. um, they're quite loud. Yes. And they're very low. Yeah. And I'll be very, very afraid of just getting a simple little chip of, on the glass. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't think I'd actually end up buying one of those. Yeah. I'd be too scared to have it. Yeah. So, Dr. Uttam Pasad, we have covered quite a fair bit of uh, various phases of uh, facets of life. The last one, the, in India, they say four main aspects. Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha or spiritual thing. So what is your spiritual belief and what sort of spiritual activity or spiritual uh, practice do you put in your life and family? Well, I was born as uh, from Hindu parents. My schooling has all been in Christian schools, Catholic and Anglican schools. Um, but myself, I neither I don't practice any religion. Um, my spirituality is based on the simple, um, simple uh, ethos of just looking after people, being considerate and, and kind, and hopefully people will return that favor to me. So I don't uh, I don't say that there is ne- not necessarily a God, but I don't. 
wish to pay reverence to a, fig- a God figure at all because I know what's good and not good, what's right and wrong. I don't need someone else to let me know what it is. I don't need to worship someone to gain favour. I will do what's good, what I think is good for people and myself and try not to harm anyone by doing that. And I think that whatever happens, I will get my reward on this earth by people returning that favour or if there is anything afterwards, so be it. It might be to my advantage. But what makes you think that you will get returned either reward or retribution? Uh, I don't know that I will, but uh, all I can say is if I'd be good, if anything does come my way, it will come my way. I just have a short question. Like, what sort of spiritual or religious orientation was given to you by your parents? They included us when they did their prayers, Hindu prayers, um, but we didn't necessarily understand everything that was being said uh, in those prayers as they were in Sanskrit. We, uh, my sisters, myself, we lost the Hindu, uh, the Hindi language very early, so we we're English speaking very early. Um, parents though were gentle, kind people. They didn't hurt anyone. They demonstrated by their behaviour of what we should do, and I'd like to believe that I'm doing the same as they they have done. Um, so whether that's religion or whether that's just their own uh, kind nature. That's a wonderful thing to hear. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, so kind of you for de- devoting your time for this. Wish you all the best in life. Very well. Thank you, Doctor Uttam Pashal. Thank you. Have a lovely evening, sir. Thank you.